It's Thursday. Susan is having problems unmuting her microphone. But I'm here with you. Maybe she needs to close out and restart it again. Welcome to the third episode of Time for Go to Bed. I'm Kenny Pick. Suze will be here with us shortly. I did some fun, interesting uh, audio work today that we're going to share with you tonight on the program. Right, Suze? Some stuff recorded from old, old vinyl. And it's not even vinyl that we're going to play for you. It's cardboard. We found a really, really neat thing today um, uh, in a box of stuff that was meant to be uh, part of a donation drive for the uh, Susan's Dragon Boats Association. And... It was a box of records, some records that looked a little more valuable than to be weighed by the pound and given uh, in the um, bulk sense. We thought, uh, Susan had the idea that, well, okay, these records, they actually are probably worth something because they're old kids' records, Uh, and they... uh, we're going to sell them separately uh, because you can do charity eBay auctions. Say hello to the neighbor's dogs. Um, they've been they've been helping me out while I've been trying to have a silent recording studio all day. Those crazy dogs. And, um, yeah, so these records, oh, we're going to go, uh, you know, just in a bulk dump charity. So now we're going to try and put them on. Uh, eBay to raise a little bit more money for the charity because you can do charity auctions on eBay. But some of them I have never, ever, ever seen before. And they are cardboard children's records from a company called... Um, oh, gosh. I had it right in front of me. Um, I got Actually, I'm going to have to open the record player because there's one still in it. I have a little portable record player that I used today that actually runs in 78 speed. The Emerson Big Big portable phono is what it's called and uh, let me just take this record off here the company is called picture tone records uh from new york so i believe i hear susan now and i'm sorry that my discord wouldn't work and yeah I turned, it, I turned it on again yeah and there's a vicious gang of Corgis next door. Oh yeah, and a lot of noise. Oh yeah, it's 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 unnerving. 
Um, it and is. So uh, the uh, it's just it's just the timing of the thing, you know. It's like I was trying to record through a hot mic earlier, and uh, well, here uh, I actually have an uh, a, a, um, an outtake for everyone from my the process Yay. of recording earlier. Um, and uh, oh, that's the wrong folder. We want the folder that says time for go to bed. And to I've, bed. my desktop is so cluttered right now with all the crazy new stuff we've been trying to do. And, um, but yeah, so uh, these uh, picture tone records, picture is spelled without an E at the end. So it's like picture, picture tone records. And, um, but yeah, so here's me, here's me competing earlier. Uh, <laughs> that was. I decided it's I would cute. save. Look, I, I mean, I know it's stupid, but they're really cute. Okay. I know. I like, know. It's you just should see timing. them. No, like you guys can't see them, but they think they're badass and they're corgis. They're yeah. literally like three yep. inches off the ground and they have big butts. It's adorable. They're the biggest little dogs. Um, but yeah, so back to, uh, these, uh, these records, this is, um, these are really interesting because they are, I have never seen anything like this. I am, I'm familiar with, um, when I was a kid, um, uh, you know, you, you'd get records that you could pull out of magazines, the, the floppy ones, uh, you know, that those were big in the sixties and seventies. Um, when I was a kid, I went to, uh, you know, the, the little quarter machines where, you know, you would get a big, big egg thing out of it, big acorn, uh, type thing. One time I put a quarter in one of those things and out came a little folded up sticker. I wish I still had it because it was a teeny tiny record sticker that you could put on cardboard. That's the same technology that that's used on these. It is a transparent uh, um, uh, plastic that is uh, it, somehow they use an adhesive to stick it to this cardboard. And there are very colorful images on each one of the records. Some really great artwork. I think uh, um, I think Foxfire is going to love to see the pictures on these things. And we're going to show the pictures as we play the, the individual records. But I, tran uh, I transferred digitally... Um, uh, six of the records, I believe. And, um, and Susan took pictures of each side of them to share. And it's just really fun. Each one's only like a minute and a half long. They're 78 RPM. So that fortunately I had this little record player and the process I use, I was actually able to remove the mechanical noise of the actual motor on the record player. Um, but it still retained the pops and the crackles. If you take out the pops and the crackles and stuff like that, it begins to sound like super digitized and like it's underwater and stuff. It's a very unnatural sound. So I figured everybody'd like to hear the cracks and the pops, but taking out the noise of the motor of the record player was a bit of an achievement. And I'm telling you what, I cannot find these anywhere digital online. I think I'm the first person to do this. I'm going to try not yeah. to dislocate my arm patting myself on the back. <laughs> so. So I just um, tried to send you a picture on Discord on Radio for Humans and uh, Cleveland. Uh, so I'm not sure if it went yeah. through. I tried to do it 
uh, three times on Radio for Humans, and okay. it wouldn't go through. So That's did, fine. Does anybody... No, it's not there. As I um, was saying, yeah, does anybody ahead. see it? No, I don't see it. No? If you hmm. if you send it to the Cleveland one, that's my private one. Um, the Radio oh. for Humans chat room is the one that you were just in that, that they should go to. If you want, just text them to me and I'll take care of it. Well, I mean, I could do that, but that's my one job, so I'm going to try to do it. Oh, okay. Well, um, I'll tell you what. Let's go ahead and... Um, we're, we're already at 10 minutes after, so we might as well go ahead and try and uh, share one of these. So why don't you pick one of the records and tell me which one you want me to play first. Um, Pot of Jam and When the King Sneezes All right. are my so, first two. Okay, so here we go. Let's listen to the, the, the Pot of Jam from Pictertone Records. This one has a couple come, skips. We won't, we won't go hungry. That's fine, said the cat. But he had other plans. So one day, he sneaked away and licked off the top of the pot. Where have you been? Where have you been? Where have you been? Asked the mouse for the cat's return. The church? I have a new nephew. Today he was named Top Off. Is that a funny name? I don't think so. A few days later, the cat sneaked away again. This time, this time, this time he licked away half the pot. Another baptism? Yes, the girl cat. She's called Half Gone and don't make any remarks. The third time the cat sneaked off, he licked the pot clean. When he returned, he said, I've been to a wedding. My cousin all gone was married. I've never heard such names in all my life. What do they mean? Well, now, I'll tell you, top off means the top of the jam pot is off. <gasps> half gone means half the jam pot is gone. <laughs> and all gone means you, you miserable mouse. <laughs> and he gobbled her off, which only proves that a cat in the mouth can never keep out. Oh, murder. These are not necessarily super nice stories. Well, it's super nice because a cat and a mouse are talking. But, my gosh, murder. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> that that was a little bit of a murder. And, of course, I sent it. I sent it to the wrong one because I'm trying to do too many things at once. Um, yeah. So, mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, so, I mean, it's very scratchy. You can kind of make it out, you know. Uh, that was the only one that had skips, but I thought it was kind of charming, so I decided to leave it in. <laughs> I think um, kids were tougher than we are now. Yeah, uh, I think so. But, yeah, so there's the first picture. Uh, what fun, fun artwork is on these things. And I, I was honestly pleased that the audio quality was so good on these because these were throwaway little records from 1948. Yeah. You know, I mean, again, these are these are transparent um, stickers with the grooves for the record glued on to these color printed cardboard discs. 
Um, I was talking to Joe earlier uh, with our, it, what I was talking to Michelle and Miles and, and him for uh, the It Came From Cleveland uh, pre-show um, uh, meeting. And he said, yeah, some they used to put these on cereal boxes. These are double-sided, so these didn't come off of cereal boxes. So um, Susan shared one side of two different records. And... Um, and yeah, and and I just I mean the artwork on these is just beautiful. Uh, you know, it's it's great little cartoony artwork. And um, and yeah, I looked up the only references I could find for these on um. Oh, and if you look at the pot of jam one, um, you can see you see how um, the right side or I'm sorry the left side is a little bit darker than the the right side of the record. It looks like the stickers begun to peel away, and I think that's why it skipped because it actually has a, a slight crease in it. So that you know, you can see what kind of damage these have, have gone through, but they still play uh, from beginning to end. <laughs> so, so that was good. Um, but yeah, um, and you know, again, these were seventy-eight speed, only like a minute and a half. And, um, yeah, Foxfire, I remember putting a penny on the needle arm when the record skipped. Uh-huh. Yeah. And, uh, uh, you know, I found a, I didn't get to trans, uh, I didn't get to transfer it, but I found a Bozo the Clown Teaches Ventriloquism record, one of those black floppy ones out of a magazine. And it actually has printed in the center label of it. It says, uh, place coin here if it, if it, um, slips. <laughs> so, so I thought that was funny. But yeah, so so that was that was kind of cute. Um, the uh, audio quality does vary on these, but you say you uh, we have the the king who sneezed is next, and then get ready to send me the the next picture for. I'm, um, I'm the other yeah, one. I'm on it. So here's the king who sneezed. Once upon a time, a king passed a law that when he sneezed, everyone had to say to your good health. But one shepherd boy wouldn't say it. The king was very angry. Bring that shepherd boy to me. Shepherd boy, say it once to my good health. To my good health. To mine. To mine. To my own. To my own. Throw him into the dungeon. For three days and three nights, the shepherd boy stayed in the cold, dark dungeon. <laughs> Now will you say to me, to my good health, to my good health, you insolent rascal, chain him to the wall. For three days and three nights, the shepherd boy was chained to the wall. Now will you say to me, to my good health, to my good health. Then the king said, it's no use, I give up. You may take the princess for your wife. <coughs> Please say to me, to my good health. To your good health, father-in-law. I will say it as often as you wish. So a large wedding feast was held, and just as they sat down to dinner, the king sneezed. <coughs> to your good health, cried the shepherd boy. And so they all lived happily ever after. What? That's a, that's all it took to become a prince, was to be a, uh, not to say to your good health? <laughs> yeah. I mean... This is kind of like a fairy tale thing. We give away the princess on snap of a finger for ridiculous reasons into yeah. uh, 
you know, a non-consensual marriage with a stranger. Okay. That's terrifying. It is. Thank you. It's horrifying. Uh, human chattel. Yeah. So, so yeah. So I mean, the variety of these stories uh, are are pretty cool, and it's a lot of stuff that we have not heard in one form or another. And of course. It's a minute and a half long version. How can we argue with, you know, not playing every single one of them? Um, but uh, but it was it was really fun going through these and, and recording. Yeah, that was a weird sneeze fox. Sorry. It was like a it sounded like <laughs> Donald Duck. Yeah. It was like, ah. <laughs> I can't do that anymore. What's um, going on? Yeah. So uh, that was, uh, you know, th there was uh, that one was... Uh, one of my least favorite ones of the batches um but um so the the next two you have they're the are they the flip sides of the ones that we just listened to uh yeah i think so i can double check if you yeah because i want i want the i want to play the uh the flip sides of each but it's fine that you doubled them Gen up uh, pot of jam is the flip of genie and um the king who sneezes is the the flip of uh, the boy who cried wolf. Okay, um, so and that's the second picture you just sent me. Yeah, I just sent you genie and wolf, and we just played king sneezes okay. and pot of jam. So okay, the flip side. So yeah, I just want to make sure of that. So um, uh, hang on. Sometimes Discord on my phone gets temperamental, and I can only post a picture once. And then I have to close it down, and then um, and then I have to reopen it again. Oh, uh, I'm sorry. Yeah, it's okay. Um, I'm I'm doing it. I'm used to multitasking, so. <laughs> uh, and it's doing it to me again. I'll just close all that crap down. Um, yeah, so Susan, I, I, I pretty much told the story about this, but do you want to add to it? Do you want to talk about the charity and while I uh, try yeah. and get this picture? Well, it was, it was a little stressful, but we had, a um, basically I got an email from a local thrift store and it said, take your nonprofit and do a fun fundraiser, no contact. And I was like, yeah, that sounds good to me. No contact fundraiser. Um, and it's basically, it said... Get all the people in your organizations to donate to our thrift store. We'll pay your nonprofit by the pound. Um, bring it on this date at this time. So I had everybody in my nonprofit, which is Cleveland Dragon Boat Association. Um, you know, we're an athletic organization, but we also need to fundraise for our festivals and stuff. And um, so we, yeah, we, we just brought in a whole bunch of charitable things to the the thrift store in our area and uh we'd made like 922 pounds of clothes and, and uh over 600 pounds 500, well, 650 uh, something like that i got the receipt over it was there. over 1500 pounds of donations so it was uh yeah. it was yeah. just shy of a ton and yeah. and i got to handle uh, a lot of that so i a got my lot work of it, out. and i appreciate your work and so they, they they just pay us directly to our uh, bank account. So I'm excited about that. The charity, and, um, the organization's it, bank account. Yeah, yeah. And um, so I'm excited because there were some of these records and they were all falling out of a box. And I was like, 
Well, well, you said we you looked at donate. you looked at Rachel and said, "Are you giving away your childhood?" And she said, "Yes." <laughs> she said, "No, those are my something my cousins donated." Oh, like, okay. Yeah, so I was like, "Uh, you know, I'm going to hold these back," and I didn't want to be selfish, but. Well, we're I not keeping them, but, them, but yeah, I mean, these, you know, we've never seen these. And again, these aren't on the Internet Archive. These aren't on YouTube. These aren't anywhere. Yeah. I want to get good scans of each disc yeah. and clean up the, you know, continue to clean up the audio to the best of my ability and maybe even try and um, I have somewhere in this house and that I can't find it. I have a USB turntable. But I cannot locate it, so. I'm not sure it's not in the top of the closet, but we'll look. Anyway, that's we'll neither look. here nor there. But yeah, so so Susan rescued <laughs> these, and 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 again, I told everybody, you know, then the eBay, uh, you know, we'll we'll sell them on eBay for more money for the for the organization, it because some collector would have gone right in and resold these, um, you know, yeah. for for their own personal gain, um. And, uh, yeah, so that, you know, this is, uh, you know, we, these were rescued from, uh, from a greedy person. So, um, well, I think, I think what it is, is, um, yeah, well, I'm, I told Rachel, I'm going to try a new experience experiment, which is make the nonprofit, one of the charities on eBay, fill out the paperwork. So once you fill out the paperwork online to make the nonprofit a charity on eBay. You can donate any percentage to uh, that charity. So mm -hmm. I can sell different people in the organization's stuff, and it'll go directly to the nonprofit and give them the profit. So yeah. I'm excited about that idea, too. Yeah, don't uh, dump all the pictures at once. I'm going to edit that one a little bit and crop it. Okay, and then, that's uh... cool. And then I'll I'll upload it. Just send them to me, and I can oh, work on it. Oh, you want to? Okay. Um. So yeah. So uh, let's well let's start with the fisherman and the genie next. Yeah. Uh, that was a fun little one. So uh, in the picture for it's there. I love that illustration. That's terrific. That's pretty cool. Many years ago, a poor fisherman went down to the sea to catch fish. But when the sun was setting, he had not caught a single fish. Once more, then I give up. Just then, as he pulled in his net, what's this? An old copper jar with a lead stopper. I wonder what's in it. So off came the stopper. Mm, smoke! The smoke is rising. It's been turning. It's forming. Oh, heavens! A terrible genie! One hundred years ago, a magician trapped me in this jar. So I decided to kill the person who opened the jar. But why? I decided. Is this my reward? Yes. But you're so big, and the jar is so small. How could you possibly fit in such a tiny jar? <laughs> I will show you. The genie folded himself in the smoke again, then turned and twisted, and went back into the jar. Now, do you believe me? Indeed, I do. And the fisherman quickly closed the jar. 
And I think you'd better stay in that jar forever. Until the next sucker comes along and opens it up. <laughs> you got it. That kind of ended quickly. Well, they yeah. all end rather quickly. Uh, <laughs> they do. The longest one they is a minute do. and 36 seconds. Yeah. Uh, so the shortest one is uh, a minute 23. Um, but yeah, so these are, you know, and, uh, yeah, the, uh, Foxfire and Heather, like, yeah, these are, these are quite a find. Good old record says living. Um, it, yeah, I mean, these are, uh, are quite the, the find really. And in the, in that box, there are a ton of old, unfortunately sleeveless peter pan records and there were even a few uh power records which were the the superhero records which i have quite a few of actually still with the oh, sleeves I didn't see those. Wow. yeah there was at least a batman and a superman one in there um and uh but yeah the the so this was a a collection of children's records spanning you know, at least, well, in some of those old Peter Pan records on the red vinyl, those got to be from the 40s. Um, yeah. And it's not even vinyl. It's like that hard stuff uh, that, 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 you know, that really brittle kind of stuff. I, I'm sure uh, Livin probably knows what they were pressed on. Um, I mean, I felt like a jerk grabbing things back from charity, but I was kind of like, dude, I am a reseller. And, and, you know, I didn't go through a lot of the stuff, thank God, because I just couldn't. No, I mean, this I'm was... I'm trying to get rid of stuff, but I, I do want to get top dollar for my nonprofit, but at the same time, I also want to get rid of stuff, you know? Well, that's the thing. There's, you know, this works uh, twofold. We're preserving something historically that I cannot find that anyone else has ever done digitally, you know? Mm -hmm. I did the best that I could. Um... Uh, to you know, get a decent audio quality out of it, and we're gonna try and maximize the profit for it. So you know, there don't you feel go. bad holding stuff back. Feel good okay. that you didn't throw this in for some other reseller to go sell it for themselves and make that money. They would have. They would have. You know, yeah. I mean, and I I'm... don't think these are super valuable, but I've seen people trying to sell them for like you know three of them for like eighteen bucks or something like that. Sure, you know, yeah, they yeah. weigh nothing, so the money Not that you would Not 13 cents a pound. They, they weigh, I mean, they weigh, like, you know, less than an ounce. Yeah. So... I have I have mixed feelings about being a reseller, you guys, and I, I don't know, I could talk about that for a long time, because I really didn't like resellers for a long time. I was a collector, but now I'm kind of understanding. Sometimes your collection can get out of hand, and you want to be a reseller for a while. So... It's weird, you know, but anyway, that's another topic. I'm sorry, <laughs> but yeah, everybody loves records. Everybody loves vinyl. Vinyl goes well on eBay and I understand why. Cause it's, you know, it's lovely, lovely. Uh, yeah. So, um, but yeah, the, um, all right. So, well, uh, let's get to the boy who cried wolf. Uh, and then let's I think we'll, we'll yeah. take a break. Um, yeah. So uh, I'm going to repeat our old vintage commercials, if you guys don't mind. Um, but, uh, yeah, so, uh, The Boy Who Cried Wolf. In a little village many years ago, there lived a lazy boy named Worthless William. Now the people were troubled with a ferocious wolf who was destroying their sheep. 
So a meeting was held. The mayor said, we need a shepherd to watch our flocks, but we're all busy working. Who shall be the shepherd? Worthless William, said the butcher. William never works, said the baker. Yes, cried the people. Let William watch the sheep. So William was sent to the pasture. It's lonesome, William. I think I'll have some fun. Oh, oh. The people came running with sticks and clubs. There's the wolf. There's the wolf. I was just having fun. The next day, William said again, It's so dull. I'll have some more fun. Oh, oh. Again, the people came running. This time they were angry. You had better not try that trick again, or you'll be sorry. On the third day, the wolf really did come. But he attacked the lamb. No one came. Then the wolf attacked the sheep. Still no one came. Then the wolf attacked William. But it was too late. The wolf had caught him. This time, the wolf had fun. This time the wolf had fun. Um, also, something I just realized, that's the first one I recorded and I didn't figure out how to take out the the sound of the motor. Of So, mm. yeah, I was I did all these in about the span of an hour right before we started the, I mean, like I started at 4 o'clock today. Um, yeah. And, uh, but no, that, I mean, that, that's fun. I, quick little retelling of the, the boy who cried wolf. You know, and the artwork mm-hmm. on it is is just terrific too. So, um, yeah. but yeah, I uh, um, this the only like I said the only two references I found uh, on this were people selling them on eBay, and the if anybody's familiar with the website Discogs, uh, it's a website where you can catalog your albums and it's a marketplace for music resellers. Whether any kind of format, um, you know, you can buy eight tracks over there if you want. But I saw a listing of all of the ones uh, that we have, and it looked like there was maybe a couple more. So I'll look that up when uh, after we come back from the break and uh, tell everybody what else. They also did, there's a couple that I didn't record that are like kitty sing-alongs. I figured that would just be too painful. <laughs> Um, Too painful don't... to hear the hokey pokey and turn yourself around. Oh Jesus what? God! Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> but uh, but yeah. So, oh, let's hear about this from Foxfire when we come back. She, I, yeah. I, I don't want to spoil it. That's uh, nice. That's pretty neat. So anyway, uh, oh God, you should have seen the books our friend Mark brought over. They were old and crazy, but we we couldn't, oh they were awful. We couldn't you, go you really. Yeah. Yeah. There but was some Rebecca Sunnybrook's farm. I could have. There was some neat stuff back. in there. There was some neat stuff. But, so anyway, thanks for listening to. Time for go to bed. We'll be right back. looking for a treat to freshen taste and keep breath sweet get double smoothness flavor too get the gum that's double good to chew 
Double your pleasure, double your fun with double the double the double mint gum. This is Sandy Becker saying, keep cooking with Crisco. It's all vegetable. It's digestible. Once upon a time there was an engineer. Choo-choo Charlie was his name we hear. He had an engine and he sure had fun. He used good and plenty candy to make his train run. Charlie says, love my good and plenty. Charlie says, really rings the bell. Charlie says, love my good and plenty. Don't know any other candy that I love so well. Lucky beer, premium beer. Lucky premium beer. Go lively. Finest ingredients aged for flavor. That's Lucky Lager. Flavor that's entertaining, enthusiastic, a very exciting beer. Lucky beer, premium beer, lucky premium beer. Keep the refrigerator stocked with Kraft's famous cheese food, Velveeta, to spread or slice for swell toasted sandwiches. Velveeta is a natural for late evening snacks, you know, because it's digestible as milk itself. These days, you really ought to be buying rich golden Velveeta in the two-pound size, so you'll have plenty for snacks and also to melt for economical meatless main dishes. Remember, smooth-melting Velveeta helps supply the protein you expect from a main dish, but the price is low. Tomorrow, get Kraft's famous Velveeta. <laughs> This program is brought to you by the makers of Popsicle, Budgicle, and Creamsicle, those delicious frozen confections on a stick. Now I have a swell surprise for you. The famous winner of the typical American boy contest has now become Popsicle Pete. And here's a message from him. Hello, everybody. I sure am glad to meet you. And boy, am I glad I was picked to be the typical American boy, because now I'm Popsicle Pete. I always wanted to be on the radio... Now I have a chance to tell you about some wonderful presents you can get. Free. Do you want to see them? Hundreds of them. You get them just for saving bags from Misty Popsicle, Pudgicle, and Creamsicle. Some gifts. Even better than Christmas. You can get a wristwatch, a movie camera, table tennis, a wallet, a doll. See, lots of gifts. Just save the bags from Pop- Popsicle, Creamsicle, and Pudgicle on a handy stick. Boy, do they taste good. Wholesome, too. And nourishing. Made fresh every day of the finest ingredients. The biggest five cents worth anywhere. And say, kids, get the free illustrated popsicle gift list at your ice cream store. A free coupon comes with it, worth ten bags. Dentists know what cleans teeth best. And over 4,000 dentists say Colgate Tooth Powder with a two-minute routine gets teeth sparkling and super clean. So to remove dull film and get your teeth shining clean, just brush teeth two minutes morning and night with Colgate Tooth Powder. Brush inside, outside, and biting surface. To keep your dog in top condition, get your pet complete nutrition. Feed them sturdy, make them sturdy, happy, friendly, happy, furry. Any dog can be a winner if he eats some sturdy dinner. Feed them sturdy, beefy sturdy, that with thanks insist on sturdy. Ask any dog who's tasted it, the doggy with the bit. You sturdy dinner, dog food is delicious. Hi, Charlie. What you watching? Ballet. Oh, how is it? Too soon to tell. So far, it's been nothing but dancing. But I'll watch it anyway, to show Starkist my good taste. But, Charlie, Starkist don't want tunas with good taste. Starkist wants tunas that taste good. Hey, that's for me. 
Sorry, Charlie. Only good-tasting tuna get to be star-kissed. Good-tasting 100% prime filet. This is good-tasting tuna. Get star-kissed tuna. Note the name. Star-kissed. From San Francisco comes... Right. Aroni, the San Francisco treat. Right. Aroni, the flavor can't be beat. One pan, no boiling, cooking ease. The flavor that is sure to please. Right. Aroni, the San Francisco treat. Rice Aroni, the delicious break from potatoes. Now in six fabulous flavors. One pan, no boiling, cooking ease. The flavor that is sure to please. Right, Aroni, the San Francisco treat. Oh, ho, ho, ho. Velveeta. Yeah, we're back. I, I think that was the one my mom, like, loved. She must have loved that commercial. We Don't always you... had a pound of Velveeta around. Why don't you uh, read... Not cheese. Not really cheese, no. Uh, why don't yeah. you read the, the comment that... Uh, uh, the Foxfire put in the chat. Oh, about the book? Yeah. Well, she said she used to work at a, a thrift store in well, the she, book She department. does currently, so... Oh, she currently does. I work. Yeah. She works there. And the store charges a dollar for paperbacks and two dollars for hardbacks. When she finds something valuable, she holds it back and sells it on eBay and gives the money back to the store. The most valuable book was uh, Aud Audubon. Audubon Society. Audubon Society, Book of Birds, first edition, was worth $640. Woo! That's amazing. Um, but she said she got paid 30 to 40 bucks each for all the Oz books they got in two years ago. And she wishes she'd bought them herself. No, that's great. Um, yeah. It's, so. it's interesting. Books are, are great. I mean, my friend... My friend uh, deals with antique books. And it's it's interesting, but he, I, he gave a bunch to charity that he hadn't been able to sell at flea markets for years. So that was nice. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. So I didn't go through them too much. No, no. So, uh, so yeah. So this is. Uh, I think this is a fun, uh, uh, fun thing we're doing tonight. So, I'm, but I want to make sure because our Oz chat, one of our Oz chapters is kind of long tonight. So yeah, I want to make oh. sure we we uh, get through these. Uh, but thank you for buying me some time. I had something I had yeah. to take care of. So cool. yeah, Marnus Marnus says that uh, Sharky loved the wolf story. Oh, good. Sharky loved it. Yeah. Well, because uh, you know, uh, Sharky, you know, would would get to eat the kid. So Sharky's a little wolf in his little brain. In yeah. His sweet little brain. Yeah. So, um, all right. So, do we have? I think you sent me the next uh, the next picture. So, um, yeah. Let me let me close that. So select more. I tried to send it on uh, on the commercial when you were muted. Uh yeah, you you've got it. Uh so let me uh Yeah, so we're going to do uh Oh, no, I just did the wrong one. Hang on. <laughs> uh let me go ahead and delete that. Um uh, but yeah, so the that's the one. 
So I know you want to. Oh, this one, Sharky might he might not like this one. Uh, mm -hmm. The cat, the cat, and the fox. Um, this one is uh, this one's pretty fun. Uh, if you're there a might cat be dogs involved in that. If you're you a cat like lover, well, one. yeah, I mean it, the dogs, you know, yeah, the dogs actually do rather well in this story. The fox, well, <laughs> you'll say spoilers. Dogs ate the fox. I'm sure that that's pro. I don't know if that's Sharky. I don't. We'll have to find out if Sharky likes that one better than the other one. I so, don't know. We'll find out. Um, Those all are of the cute dogs on the picture. The dogs didn't get billing um, uh, uh, in the title, but uh, they there are two dogs featured on the on the cover, mm -hmm. uh, on the yeah. record itself rather. Um, I really would have loved to seen how these were sold. If they were punched out, mm -hmm. I, I can't see if it, it doesn't look like they were punched out. It looks like they were actually cut out, or the, you know, die cut. Yeah. And if they were cut out, they would have rough edges, rough cutting edges. They yeah. If, well, if they were, if they were punched out, they'd have a little, they, they might have some little, um, you know, uh, uh, pro, you know, cardboard uh, prong type things that, you know, perforation, yeah. you know, remains. But these are pretty smooth. But then again, they're from 1948. Um, but I would have loved to seen how these these were actually sold in stores. Um, they, I'm, I'm guessing they probably just had them. You know, I don't know. Maybe they just had them in a little, you know, display box or something. Um, sure. You know, because yeah, they probably didn't care if they got a little scratched up because they probably cost, you know, a few cents. Um, sure you know back then i mean it, it, something like this in 1948 made out of cardboard and and this you know they they i mean i can't see them selling them for more than 5 cents back then so um but yeah so the next one is the the country mouse well the town mouse in the country mouse um although yeah. i think the record refers to it as the city mouse um but uh but yeah, so so here's this one. The town mouse and the country mouse, yeah. Yeah. Once on a lovely summer day, a city mouse named Percy went out in the country to visit his cousin Abner. Ah, 
Abner, what's up? I'm getting ready for winter. Would you care for a bite of something to eat? An excellent idea. But what's this? Grain? Seeds? Nuts? It's not much, but it's all I've got. Well, frankly, Abner, I never eat such food. We in the city eat rich meat, fine cheeses, and little sugar cakes. Is that good? <laughs> Come to visit me, Abner. I'll give you a real dinner. So, off to the city they came. To the dining room in Percy's house. Now look at that dinner, Abner. Shall we start with ham, boiled fish, a bit of cheese? Chuck, Chuck, I'd like to try some of that cheese. Just then, there was a terrible... <coughs> that could put the cold to my stuff. What was that? A cat. Oh, does he live here too? Uh, yes, I'm sorry to say. Uh, wh where are you going, Abner? I'm going back to the country. What good is your fine food in Teddy? What I have isn't much, but it's all mine. No cat to contend with in the country. Right, really. Right. <laughs> Unheard no of. Cat. Cats only exist in the city. Hmm. I think I've got a cat right here next to me that would beg to differ with you. Beg. Oh. Jeliza Rose? Uh, I've got a doctor. And Jeliza oh, yeah. Rose is here, too. Jeliza yeah. Rose was from a small town. Yeah, she's a country cat. So I'm sure she was living on mice before we uh, before we got her. Um, <laughs> she was a little runt. She was uh, mm -hmm. a little kitten all on her own, and we took her in. And yeah. she's still a little feral. So yeah, my um, aunts put a picture of her out, and uh, I said, "I want that. I want that cat." Yeah. So, um, all right, uh, let's see, um, where, okay, let me, let me get the next, uh, picture, uh, loaded up here, um, and I'm, and I'm looking on the internet for these records, and I do see the records, I'm just looking for, um, a website that'll tell me more about them and how they were made, not somebody selling them. Yeah. I really hate that well the discog site might have something uh about it but um but yeah, yeah I, I i do see the discogs did you already look get, there uh, yeah i don't have it open right now but i i glanced at it uh who was the producer on these it says they were produced by a guy um it said on, um on the cover of by david curlan K-U-R-L-A-N. Yeah, I bet he's the voice on all these records. Ah, um, there you go. Because it's You're just one it guy. Um, so, I mean, it, and, and I looked on his, on Discogs, uh, mm -hmm. to see, you know, his other credits. And it, there was a lot of, uh, he dealt with a lot of, like, spoken word, um, looked like maybe yeah. some Christian kind of stuff or some motivational kind mm -hmm. of stuff um and um yeah so it, it's uh uh i i'll have to look at it again in a second okay yeah but um yeah so let me um uh what's what's the next one i'll i'll, I'll figure out the picture while we're while we're playing it 
um, the next picture I sent you. Um, we just on the, the oh, flip that's... side of the town mouse is sweet soup. I don't think we've heard that. No, the woman who pecked in sweet soup. Or the women who pecked, yeah. Yeah, so yep. we'll we'll play them in order of the picture. So here's the here's the woman who pecked. Honey buns. Honey buns. I'm so hungry. Will you please give me a honey bun? So the old lady pecked a tiny pinch of dough and rolled it. Now, that's too much. I'll make a smaller one. She pecked a tiny, tiny pinch of dough and rolled back. Now, that's still too much. The third time, she pecked a tiny, tiny, tiny pinch of dough. But when she had rolled that, she said, Now, that's still too much. I'll not give you anything. Suddenly the sky grew dark, and thunder rumbled in the distance. A beggar had changed into an angel. Holy and he shit. said, Because you are so selfish, you shall be punished. You shall peck away at the bark of trees like a bird, and you shall always be hungry. And then he disappeared. When the sky cleared, the old woman was a woodpecker, and to this day you can see her. She is pecking at the bark of trees for food, and she is always hungry. Ah. Well, you got her. The woman who pecked. Serves her right. Now she's a woodpecker. It's an awful thing to happen. <laughs> yes. It's she a morality. So it's a morality. Yeah, she shouldn't have I so am damn... seeing the woman who pecked. Uh, somebody's trying to sell this for 20 bucks. So. Yeah. Again, I, I mean, judging by what was in that box, we knew that there was something of value that shouldn't just be weighed up in, you know, us yeah. given, you know, the the uh, organization given a, a meager, you know, few cents. 13 cents a pound. Yeah. So, um, so some of these pictures have some of the sing-along records that we're not playing in them, apparently. So, uh, but I'm trying to get them all taken care of so uh but all right here let's listen to sweet soup uh the, the second record pictured uh pictured in the uh photo there one day a little girl named isabel went to the forest and there she met a woman fairy who gave her a magic pot and said to isabel so, now, as often as they please, Isabel and her mother ate good food to eat One day, while Isabel was away, her mother got hungry, so she said, Ibbity-Zabbity boy, and the pot began to burn. But she couldn't remember how to stop it. It just boiled over the air. 
Zabbity Quick. This is the house. Zabbity Zabbity Enough. So yeah, um, that was uh, the roughest sounding one that I did. <laughs> but it yeah, if he, if he didn't get it, the, the she couldn't remember the magic words, and the soup boiled over and and flooded the town. And I'm sure it's still nice and fresh to this day, so you can just go keep <laughs> eating it. You know, zero yeah, preservatives. Magical sweet soup, sweet soup. What that sweet soup? What's in sweet soup? Is that like corn chowder? Maybe that probably would be the sweetest, one of the sweetest. What I mean, of all the soups? What sugar. is the sweetest? <laughs> of all the soups, what which one is the sweetest? Sorry, it sounds that just sounds like a Larry King tweet from King's Things. Uh, rest <laughs> in peace. You know, I remember the he had a uh, one of his first tweets that I um, liked. He he put um, God. Oh well, well, he, he said. Um, Oh man! Of all the muffins, my favorite. Uh, uh, of all all the muffins, corn is my favorite. So Larry King corn loved a, lo he loved a good corn muffin. So yeah. that's what that's what made me think of. Of all the soups, corn is the sweetest. Yeah, um, and what's what's the difference between cornbread and corn muffin? Of all the muffins, blueberries my favorite. The size. Yeah. Well, size, shape. Maybe. Yeah. So, yeah. all right. So the last two, um, uh, also pictured here is the um, Three Blind Mice and Yankee Doodle, which are sing-along records that we're, we're not playing because I just didn't even want to, to hear those. I will probably transfer them at some point, but kitty sing-along songs are obnoxious. Well, you know what, honey? I had, I had some problems. And I had some troubles, but then I found myself the hokey pokey, and I turned myself around. No, 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 no! Stop it. <laughs> uh, all right. So let, let uh, Princess and the Pea is also a little bit rough, but you you'll get the the point. Um, okay. Here we go. Thank you. Morning, said the king. Next morning, he said, I couldn't sleep all night. 
The people are so uncomfortable. Aha! Uh-huh. <laughs> Real princes with a tender skin. Through 20 mattresses, she felt the little green pea. Please marry me and be my wife. So they were married, and they lived happily ever after. Uh, that was, yeah. <laughs> Because that's how you can tell in the royalty, not pedigree, or um, how refined someone eats or dresses or or speaks. It's if they can sleep with a pea under them. Or not. Yeah. So uh, please marry me. Yeah, that that's just weird too. You barely know each other. Stop marrying people you barely know. Yeah. So. Uh, and, uh, all right, uh, so let's get, this one is my favorite of all of them. I, okay. I really, I enjoyed this one, uh, but it, it takes a dark turn. <laughs> and of course, you know, I, I like twisted things, but this is probably the darkest of all. Um, so, uh, here we go. And, and what do you hear what the narrator says at the end? It's, it's pretty, pretty bad. Many years okay. ago. He got what he deserved, don't you? Wow. Wow. So, somewhere a monkey corpse was floating down river. Yeah, he drowned. Full of oh. sweet bananas. And his song silenced. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's that. Yeah. So that this is I don't our, know if anything yep. really deserves drowning. Um, well, I mean, the camel did get a beating, but, um, uh, it, it was a selfish monkey, but, you know, the camel could have just, like, you know, panicked him a little bit, mm-hmm. and then grabbed him and taken him over and said, I'm never going to take you across the river again, you jerk. But, yeah. no, he drowned him. Better option. Yeah. There's a, there's a, a bloated monkey corpse out there. Oh, God. Just sinking disturbing piranhas are eating them um oh my god (laughs) 
But yeah, this was a fun little uh, experiment, Suze. Uh, uh, you know, I uh, like the records. I like the pops and the hisses. Yeah. Kind of reminds me of the old timey days when it was me and my record collection. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was worried. I, just, I was worried that these would be completely unplayable. Um, yeah. Because you know, but you know, they they uh, you know records can stand up to a lot of abuse. Yeah. Yeah. They're not crystal and, you know, clear. You'd but... be surprised how many people do not. They just take the record out of the cover. I think they're better records. They put the, the paper covers over their favorite records or something. I don't know. It just seems strange to me that they people leave records without covers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I just, I, I, I was, I was pretty impressed by the, you know, what, what we were able to, uh, uh, get out of that. So, you know, there we go. Yeah. We, we've, we've shared them with our little world here on the internet and hopefully podcast mm -hmm. folks will listen and we'll take a picture of all of the, the, uh, uh well, uh, a, a bunch of the records, the, the sides we like best and make some show art out of that, um, to accompany the kiddo drop. It's not going to be the oh. show art because we. I'm assuming we have a kiddo drop tonight. This will be supplemental um, yeah. artwork. So um, I don't know. So uh, yeah, I'll uh, you know. I have an I have yeah. an idea in my little pea brain on how to do this. So it's going to be cool. Um, yeah. But uh. But yeah. So uh. Anyway, uh. It's after yeah. It's after eight. So let's go ahead and um go to the break and Excellent. we'll we'll be back uh and we're gonna revisit oz and chapter two or part two of jerry of the circus from 1937 yes. Excellent. everybody hello welcome back to the vinyl hour we hope you liked picture tone <laughs> uh if i can figure it out i might take some of these old records that uh i know we can get away with playing 
and uh, maybe we'll actually just play, we'll discover some vinyl um, together, you know? That's what it's all about, our journey together. I just feel like saying cheesy things when I hear this music. I don't I, know I just love the idea of discovering, uh, <laughs> discovering, you know, some kind of, uh, you know, old forgotten piece of audio that yeah. nobody has anywhere else. To, to me, this was a real find. And it yeah. happened today because I did not know these records were in the box. I They were out um, in the garage and I, I was did. like, let me just see what's in here. And I was like, what are these little picture discs on cardboard of all things? And there we go. We had our picture tone oh. album or, uh, or, or hour. So, all I'm right. I'm glad so, I held them back because yeah. I really... You turned me on to the Internet Archives, and that has been a, just a great, just a great pleasure for me. Like, just, just fun stuff. Yeah. I mean, I knew there were a lot of stuff there, and I knew that there was neat stuff. Yeah. But lots of fun stories. So, uh, where do we want to go uh, tonight? Um, next, do we want to... Mm -hmm. Do we want to uh, get to Jerry of the Circus Part 2, or do we want sure. to get to the Oz stuff? Let's go for Jerry of the Circus. All right. And but I at, did Oz after that. Yeah. Well, then that's all we have um, after that. <laughs> so, um, but, uh, yeah, so as it was noted last week, Jerry of the Circus, the music is really long at the beginning and the end. Um, well, not on my watch. Not while I have editing skills. <laughs> so it does have a little bit of a jump uh, uh, here or there, but hardly noticeable. So, uh, yeah, and uh, Foxfire, please, kiddo time. She's asking if it's kiddo time. I would yeah, love to. Yeah, sure. Because now that we have, longer, more. we have longer form audio coming up, that'll give me a better chance to color it in and put the logo on it and stuff. So um, here we go. Jerry of the Circus. As we last left Jerry of the Circus last week, there was the... Uh, who was it? The knife thrower who hated his dog, mm -hmm. and <laughs> the dog bit him. So uh, he and he promised revenge on Jerry's dog. So here, here we go. It's Jerry of the circus. Jerry of the circus. Now for Jerry of the Circus. Well, why don't you go out in front, Jerry? Well, Bumps, I want to watch from here tonight. Well, you won't see much of the show. The pad room's a pretty busy place. Pad room? Mm, that's what we call this tent. The performers always wait here until it's time for their act. Oh, kind of a waiting room, huh? Yeah, that's it. Then when we have a quick costume change to make, well, we do it right here. Well, if, if I'm not in the way... Oh, you can stay here if you want to, Jerry. Aw, oh, gee, just to see you all going out and hear the music and, and be close to the animals and all that. <laughs> Dig your toes into the old sawdust there. Uh, gets into your blood, doesn't it, Jerry? How do you know? Say, listen, Jerry, what do you think I followed this crazy business for? Money? Say, I could make twice as much in vaudeville or a show in New York and live like decent folks. 
Oh, but then you wouldn't have the animals and the traveling. And, and the uh, smells and the sleeping every night on a lumpy bed and sometimes no bed at all. Huh? <laughs> yeah. But, Jerry, I wouldn't give up this life for the grandest bed in the world. They're coming in now. <laughs> Look at them scramble for the front seat. <laughs> it looks nice and clean now, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> it won't last long. Oh, Bumps, I wished I really belonged. Oh, you'll think you belong soon enough. Wait till your arms ache from lugging heavy pails of water, and you don't have time to catch the show for weeks, maybe months. The band's going in. Yeah. Oh, hello there, Jim. Hi, Bumps. Looks like a red one tonight. I guess so. Uh, Mr. Randall said the midway was packed. <laughs> now, watch your dog there, Jerry. Oh, he's all right. Always stays right by my feet. Gee, I wish someday I could do traps in the band. <laughs> you, you want to double in brass already, huh? Well, maybe Slim will teach you one of these days. <laughs> oh, who's that beautiful girl? Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, that little dark-haired girl. Yeah. <laughs> she is pretty, isn't she? Now, that's Patsy. What does she do? Why, she's the youngest trapeze artist being starred in the business today. Uh, great future, that little girl. She's got the prettiest eyes. Yeah, and she's a mighty nice girl, too. Well, well there it goes. The, the parade will be starting. Now, remember to keep out from underfoot, Jerry. Sure, I will. Yeah, I got to do my walk around on the head of the pageant. Well, so long, boys. So long, Bumps. Aw, oh, gee, Rags, isn't this swell? Rags! Rags! Rags, where are you? If you're looking for that dog, he followed Bumps into the ring. No, not into the main tent. That's where he went. <laughs> oh, gee, what'll I do? I thought it was a new ant Bumps was putting on. The dog crept along behind Bumps just as quiet. No. Come on, let's look through this flap. Oh, gee. <laughs> Can you beat that? A little mutt. Rags, Rags, come here. Gee, Bumps is trying to send him back. <laughs> look at him. <laughs> As soon as Bumps turns around, the dog sneaks back after him on his tummy. <laughs> Where did he ever learn to sit on a foot and hang on like that? Look. <laughs> Every time Bumps kicks him off, he does a complete somersault and gets back on Bumps' big shoes again. <laughs> you do that with Dad all the time. Here comes Bumps now. Quick. As soon as he pushes the dog through the curtain, grab him. Okay, I'll get him. Golly, Rags sure likes an audience. <laughs> oh, gee, do you think we'll get fired? Here he comes now. Quick. Rags, jump. Say, that's not a dog, it's a kangaroo. Where did he ever learn to jump like that? He flew through that curtain like a shot out of a cannon. Rags, you little mutt, you. Shh, quiet, boy. Gee, Rags, why do you do it? Oh, the cute thing putting his paw over his eyes. He knows he's been naughty. I should think you would be ashamed. You're a bad, bad dog. Oh, poor thing. He's begging you to forgive him. He'd better. Want us both to get fired, don't you, Rags? <laughs> He's the cutest thing I've ever seen. Yeah, peeking behind your paw. Think we can't see you, huh? Where did he learn to hide his head like that? Oh, that's nothing. He knows a barrel of tricks. Well, come on, Rags. I guess we'd better get back to the tent. I'll walk along with you for a ways. I don't go on for a while. Uh, kind of like that dog of yours, don't you? Kind of. Say, he's all I got. Well, your name's Jerry, isn't it? How'd you know? Well, Bums was telling me about you tonight in the mess tent. Your name's Patsy, isn't it? How'd you know? Bumps was telling me about you tonight in the pad room. <laughs> <laughs> you know, your dad was a good friend of my father's. Your name's Dugan, isn't it? Uh-huh. Oh, I've often heard father talk about Danny Dugan. 
Danny Dugan? Mm -hmm. Well, that's not my dad, but I got an uncle by the name of Danny Dugan. Oh, he was a big game hunter, wasn't he? Yeah, one of the best. Say, he got wild animals for pretty near all the circuses. I know. Father used to talk about what a wonderful marksman he was. Before Dad died, he, he was trying to locate Uncle Dan. Locate? Yeah. He disappeared about five years ago, and nobody's ever heard of him since. Is that so? Uh-huh. Hmm. Well, maybe my father has. I'll write and see. I know he knew Danny Dugan awfully well. Gee, you will? Mm-hmm. That's well. You know, Uncle Dan's the only relative I've got. Rags, get away from that entrance. Want to get stepped on by an elephant? Well, I, I guess I'd better get back to the pad room. Uh, see you later, Jerry. So long. Come on, Rags. Well, Rags, old scout, think you're going to like this circus life? All right. I'm talking to you. I want to know how you like circus life. Well, that's better. But let me tell you one thing. You won't stay long if you pull any more monkey shines like you did tonight. <laughs> I'm following you. Hello there, pup. Well, aren't you a friendly little thing? <laughs> Where on earth did you come from? <laughs> well, a boy, too. Hello. Does the boy go with the dog? He sure does. <laughs> You're not looking for a nice new master for this animal, are you? <laughs> I should say not. Well, th that's a pity. I I'd like to adopt him. <laughs> Guess you'd have to adopt me, too, mister. <laughs> well, I might manage the dog, but... Uh... I don't know as I could smuggle a boy along, too. <laughs> yeah, I am pretty big. <laughs> My name's Decker. What's your name, son? Jerry. S something wrong? No. Uh, why? You, you look so funny. Did I? Sorry. Jerry. Jerry. <laughs> uh, nice name, Jerry. The dog's my buddy. His name's Rags. Rags? Well... Rags, old boy, give me your paw. Ah, <laughs> Good. He's got nice manners, too, Jerry. Sure, I trained him. You did? Well, it looks like you did a good job. Uh-huh. Well, Dad helped me. Oh, of course. That's what dads are for. You live in this town? Not anymore. No? No, I I'm joining the circus. Oh, you don't say. Does uh, Mr. Randall know about it? He sure does. He hired me. Oh, swell. Then I guess I won't have to smuggle you and Rags along after all, huh? You see, <laughs> Dad was a friend of Mr. Randall's and... Oh, well, so your dad's coming too. Well, that's... No, Dad died just last week. Oh, I'm sorry, son. He left me a letter for Mr. Randall and, well, I... That's, I... that's fine. Well, Jerry, it'll be mighty nice having you along this season. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sure. And you too, Rag. Yes, sir. I, I certainly didn't mean to leave you out. <laughs> kind of sensitive, that dog, huh, Jerry? He sure is. Lots more than folks. Than some folks. Oh, oh sure. I, I didn't mean you. I wonder why you and I like animals so much, Jerry. Because they like us, I expect. Of course. They just think we can't do anything wrong. We're always tops with them, aren't we? You betcha. And even after we've had to scold them, they'll come up for a pat or a, or a kind word. Pretty real kind of love, isn't it, Jerry? But I, I didn't mean exactly that. What did you mean? You know, Jerry, 
I like even the wildest and most dangerous animals we have in this circus. Gee, do you? I'm crazy about wild animals myself. I don't know why, but I'm, I'm never afraid of them. Not a bit. Me neither. Have you ever been around wild animals before, Jerry? Well, no, but, but still, I just know I wouldn't be afraid. That's the ticket, son. The minute they know you're afraid, well, you're, you're done for. Can they tell? Sure, sure they can. Gee. Why, it's, uh, it's like an instinct. Just like we smell things, they sense uh, fear. Golly, almost like mind reading, isn't it? <laughs> well, I never thought of it like that, but maybe you're right, Jerry. Decker! Decker! Uh, yes, Lorenz? Uh, bring those knives and haul you up. Our act goes on next. Uh, coming. I am absent-minded. Sorry, Sonny. Uh, I gotta run along. I'll see you later. Bye, pup. Bye. Wait a minute, Lorenz. I'll walk over to the main tent with you. Daydreaming again, I suppose. Got the knives? Here they are. Who are you talking to? Oh, that little freckle-faced boy that's sharing the wagon with us. He's a cute kid. Cute nothing. And as for that nasty dog of his, he snapped at me and bit my wrist this afternoon. Why, that is funny. He seemed friendly enough to me. You think? Listen, that car dog was snooping around my prop box, and I will not take that from anybody. I pushed him off. And he leaped at me, snarling. I never did like dogs. And I'm not going to have a vicious animal hanging around any wagon I dress in. Oh, but Lorenz... I got it all fixed. I've just put some poisoned meat under the wagon. So for the first time that dog goes out, he'll smell the meat, eat it up, and go away and die someplace. He'll be Snoopy for the last time. Lorenz, one smart fellow, what do you think? Uh, Lorenz, you, you can't do that. Why not? Well, well that, that boy worships this dog. Yeah, well, I don't. And you keep out of this, see? But, but... Listen, Decker, I've kept you out of plenty of trouble. Yeah. If it wasn't for me, you'd spend the rest of your life in jail, and you know it. I know, Lorenz, and I appreciate it. But after all, all right, I can't... When this dog is found dead, be sure you keep your mouth shut. <laughs> to give away the title of it but it was called poison meat put out <laughs> oh wow you keep out of this see he said uh, you keep out of this see maybe we don't enter and end enough of our sentences with see 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 you see 
see you guys. Hey. Uh, yeah. Um, so yeah, that was, that's kind of entertaining, but yeah, that was, uh, you kind of, um, Susan made a, a remark to me in a text during that, uh, referencing, uh, airplane. No, 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 no. <laughs> it just sounded like his, he sounded like the guy in airplane's voice. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of. Well, it, it was kind of, you know, boy, that sure is a good looking young boy. You know, <laughs> I mean, it, it yeah. was a little, a little creepy. -ish. I was, I was unnerved a bit. Yeah. So, uh, I, I got that vibe, but you know, the people were, um, you know, I don't know. Well, I mean, I don't listen, think he's the bad listen, guy. No, he's, he's not, not the, the one that's about to kill a dog with poison Oof. meat. I poison yeah. some meat. Is that the easiest thing in the world to poison? Couldn't you poison some milk? Uh, well, the the thing is, if you have a nice piece of meat, a dog is going to eat it. I mean, I, I my neighbors were robbed, and they they put sedatives in the in the meat that uh yeah it didn't kill the dogs, but it, it they ate the meat and they went back to sleep. A cat a dog may not eat drink a whole bowl of milk, but he's going to eat the whole damn thing of meat. Let me tell you, mm, okay. you know. Um. But yeah, so uh, poison meat. Uh, I have a feeling that Jerry's new friend's not going to let that let that slide. Yep, his we'll new, see. Uh, new we will pal, see. His new adult friend. Um, so, <laughs> but yeah, so I mean, if you listen listen to some of the uh, episodes of um, uh, Superman and the relation uh, that that. Um, Trojan Rabbit has played over the uh, over the years, or well, not over the years, yeah. I guess, you know, recent history. Uh, um, the the Jimmy Olsen stuff is like, you know, I gotta knock Jimmy out. You know, it's like, oh my god, stop. Yeah, well, that's because it's not because they're bad identity. people. It's because we are bad people. <laughs> oh, I know. We see everything as sexualized. Yeah, because well, they didn't. 2020. They yeah, they, they said some weird stuff. Yeah, they used to so call jokes funny. jokes or pranks and things called were called boners. Yeah, a so. prank is a boner. You pulled a boner. You pulled it. Just grabbed it and pulled it. So, uh, yeah, that's uh, that's another another thing. So I'm almost done uh, with the uh, the coloring in uh, Foxfire's magnificent artwork, which is nice. I love the three headed TikTok. So that is so um, cute. Pretty pretty incredible stuff. Um, but yeah. So uh, um, did TikTok so, have did were TikTok's eyes a certain color? He's copper. He's a copper man. Were his eyes a certain color? I don't know. Okay. I'm going to say black. Don't make him red. I'm don't not going to make him red. He's a nice guy. So, not main TikTok at least. I'm trying so. to look at my um my ultimate career goal as a child. I thought I would be the girl riding the elephant. But I'm looking for a gif of that and I can't find it to save my life. So, I just keep finding people riding elephants or circus things, but no circus elephants. Mm. Well, I don't know what to tell you. So, but all that right. That is my other 
The only thing right, I haven't done well, in my life. We are going to end up running long if we don't. Uh, and yeah, we're just going to end up oh, running yeah. long, period. Um, so, uh, Get some odds in there. All right, here we go. We are off to, we have our, our LibriVox dramatized uh, version uh, that we're continuing on with. Uh, chapters 6 and 7, so let's uh, make with the Oz. Uh, Ozma of Oz, Chapter 6. Chapter 6 of Ozma of Oz. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Ozma of Oz by L. Frank Baum Chapter 6 The Heads of Langwitter They walked slowly down the path between the rocks, Tick-Tock going first, Dorothy following him, and the Yellow Hen trotting along last of all. At the foot of the path, the Copper Man leaned down and tossed aside with ease the rocks that encumbered the way. Then he turned to Dorothy and said, Let me carry your dinner pail. She placed it in his right hand at once, and the copper fingers closed firmly over the stout handle. Then the little procession marched out upon the level sands. As soon as the three-wheelers who were guarding the mound saw them, they began to shout their wild cries and rolled swiftly toward the little group, as if to capture them or bar their way. But when the foremost had approached near enough, Tick-Tock swung the tin dinner pail and struck the wheeler a sharp blow over its head with the queer weapon. Perhaps it did not hurt very much, but it made a great noise, and the wheeler uttered a howl and tumbled over upon its side. The next minute it scrambled to its wheels and rolled away as fast as it could go, screeching with fear at the same time. "'I told you they were harmless,' began Tick-Tock, but before he could say more another wheeler was upon them. Crack! went the dinner pail against its head, knocking its straw hat a dozen feet away, and that was enough for this wheeler also. It rolled away after the first one, and the third did not wait to be pounded with the pail, but joined its fellows as quickly as its wheels would whirl. The yellow hen gave a cackle of delight, and flying to a perch upon Tick-Tock's shoulder, she said, Bravely done, my copper friend, and wisely thought of, too. Now we are free from those ugly creatures. But just then a large band of wheelers rolled from the forest, and relying upon their numbers to conquer, they advanced fiercely upon Tick-Tock. Dorothy grabbed Bellina in her arms and held her tight, and the machine embraced the form of the little girl with his left arm, the better to protect her. Then the wheelers were upon them. Rattly bang, bang went the dinner pail in every direction, and it made so much clatter bumping against the heads of the wheelers that they were much more frightened than hurt, and fled in a great panic. All that is except their leader. This wheeler had stumbled against another and fallen flat upon his back, and before he could get his wheels under him to rise again, Tick-Tock had fastened his copper fingers into the neck of the gorgeous jacket of his foe and held him fast. "'Tell your people to go away,' commanded the machine. The leader of the wheelers hesitated to give this order, so Tick-Tock shook him as a terrier dog does a rat, until the wheeler's teeth rattled together with a noise like hailstones on a windowpane. Then, as soon as the creature could get its breath, it shouted to the others to roll away, which they immediately did. Now, said Tick-Tock, you shall come with us and tell me what I want to know. You'll be sorry for treating me in this way, whined the wheeler. I'm a terribly fierce person. As for that, 
answered Tick-Tock. I am only a machine and cannot feel sorrow or joy, no matter what happens. But you are wrong to think yourself terrible or fierce. Why so? asked the wheeler. Because no one else thinks as you do. Your wheels make you helpless to injure anyone. For you have no fists and cannot scratch or even pull hair. Nor have you any feet to kick with. All you can do is yell and shout, and that does not hurt any one at all. The wheeler burst into a flood of tears, to Dorothy's great surprise. Now I and my people are ruined forever, he sobbed, for you have discovered our secret. Being so helpless, our only hope is to make people afraid of us, by pretending we are very fierce and terrible, and writing in the sand warnings to beware the wheelers. Until now, we have frightened everyone. But since you have discovered our weakness, our enemies will fall upon us and make us very miserable and unhappy. Oh, no! exclaimed Dorothy, who was sorry to see this beautifully dressed wheeler so miserable. Tick-Tock will keep your secret, and so will Bellina and I. Only you must promise not to try and frighten children any more if they come near to you. I won't! Indeed, I won't! promised the wheeler, ceasing to cry and becoming more cheerful. I'm not really bad, you know, but we have to pretend to be terrible in order to prevent others from attacking us. That is not exactly true, said Tick-Tock, starting to walk toward the path through the forest, and still holding fast to his prisoner, who rolled slowly along beside him. You and your people are full of mischief, and like to bother those who fear you, and you are often impudent and disagreeable, too. But if you will try to cure those faults, I will not tell any one how helpless you are. I'll try, of course, replied the wheeler eagerly. And thank you, Mr. Tick-Tock, for your kindness. I am only a machine, said Tick-Tock. I cannot be kind any more than I can be sorry or glad. I can only do what I am wound up to do. Are you wound up to keep my secret? asked the wheeler anxiously. Yes, if you behave yourself. But tell me, who rules the land of Ev now? asked the machine. There is no ruler, was the answer. Because every member of the royal family is imprisoned by the Gnome King. But the princess, Languidiri, who is a niece of our late King Evaldo, lives in a part of the royal palace and takes as much money out of the royal treasury as she can spend. The princess, Languidri, is not exactly a ruler, you see, because she doesn't rule, but she is the nearest approach to a ruler we have at present. I do not remember her, said Tick-Tock. What does she look like? That I cannot say, replied the wheeler, although I have seen her twenty times, for the princess, Languidri, is a different person every time I see her. The only way her subjects can recognize her at all is by means of a beautiful ruby key which she always wears on a chain attached to her left wrist. When we see the key, we know we are beholding the princess. That is strange, said Dorothy in astonishment. Do you mean to say that so many different princesses are one and the same person? Not exactly, answered the wheeler. There is, of course, but one princess. But she appears to us in many forms, which are all more or less beautiful. She must be a witch, exclaimed the girl. I do not think so, declared the wheeler. 
but there is some mystery connected with her. Nevertheless, she is a very vain creature and lives mostly in a room surrounded by mirrors so that she can admire herself whichever way she looks. No one answered this speech because they had just passed out of the forest and their attention was fixed upon the scene before them. A beautiful vale in which were many fruit trees and green fields with pretty farmhouses scattered here and there and broad, smooth roads that led in every direction. In the center of this lovely vale, about a mile from where our friends were standing, rose the tall spires of the royal palace, which glittered brightly against their background of blue sky. The palace was surrounded by charming grounds, full of flowers and shrubbery. Several tinkling fountains could be seen, and there were pleasant walks bordered by rows of white marble statuary. All of these details Dorothy was, of course, unable to notice or admire until they had advanced along the road to a position quite near to the palace, and she was still looking at the pretty sights when her little party entered the grounds and approached the big front door of the king's own apartments. To their disappointment, they found the door tightly closed. A sign was tacked to the panel which read as follows. Owner absent. Please knock at the third door in the left wing. Now, said Tick-Tock to the captive wheeler, you must show us the way to the left wing. Very well, agreed the prisoner. It is around here at the right. How can the left wing be at the right? demanded Dorothy, who feared the wheeler was fooling them. Because there used to be three wings, and two were torn down, so one on the right is the only one left. It is a trick of the Princess Languirdry to prevent visitors from annoying her. Then the captive led them around to the wing, after which the machine man, having no further use for the wheeler, permitted him to depart and rejoin his fellows. He immediately rolled away at a great pace and was soon lost to sight. Tick-Tock now counted the doors in the wing and knocked loudly upon the third one. It was opened by a little maid in a cap trimmed with gay ribbons, who bowed respectfully and asked, What do you wish, good people? Are you the Princess Langwa, dear? asked Dorothy. No, miss. I'm her servant, replied the maid. May I see the princess, please? I will tell her you are here, miss, and ask her to grant you an audience, said the maid. Step in, please, and take a seat in the drawing-room. So Dorothy walked in, followed closely by the machine. But as the yellow hen tried to enter after them, the little maid cried, Shoo! and flapped her apron in Belina's face. Show yourself, retorted the hen, drawing back in anger and ruffling up her feathers. Haven't you any better manners than that? Oh, do you talk? inquired the maid, evidently surprised. Can't you hear me? snapped Belina. Drop that apron and get out of the doorway so that I may enter with my friends. The princess won't like it, said the maid, hesitating. I don't care whether she likes it or not, replied Belina, and fluttering her wings with a loud noise, she flew straight at the maid's face. The little servant at once ducked her head, and the hen reached Dorothy's side in safety. Very well, sighed the maid. If you are all ruined because of this obstinate hen, don't blame me for it. It isn't safe to annoy the Princess Langwitter. Tell her we are waiting, if you please, Dorothy requested with dignity. Belina is my friend, and must go wherever I go. Without more words, the maid led them to a richly furnished drawing-room, lighted with subdued rainbow tints that came in through the beautiful stained-glass windows. Remain here, 
she said. What name shall I give the princess? I am Dorothy Gale of Kansas, replied the child. And this gentleman is a machine named Tick-Tock, and the yellow hen is my friend Bellina. The little servant bowed and withdrew, going through several passages and mounting two marble stairways before she came to the apartments occupied by her mistress. Princess Langwider's sitting-room was panelled with great mirrors, which reached from the ceiling to the floor. Also the ceiling was composed of mirrors, and the floor was of polished silver that reflected every object upon it. So when Langwider sat in her easy-chair and played soft melodies upon her mandolin, her form was mirrored hundreds of times in walls and ceiling and floor, and whichever way the lady turned her head, she could see and admire her own features. This she loved to do, and, just as the maid entered, was saying to herself, This head with the auburn hair and hazel eyes is quite attractive. I must wear it more often than I have done of late, although it may not be the best of my collection. You have company, your highness. Who is it? asked Langwider, yawning. Dorothy Gale of Kansas, Mr. Tick-Tock, and Bellina, answered the maid. What a queer lot of names, murmured the princess, beginning to be a little interested. What are they like? Is Dorothy Gale of Kansas pretty? She might be called so, the maid replied. And is Mr. Tick-Tock attractive? continued the princess. That I cannot say, your highness, but he seems very bright. Will your gracious highness see them? Oh, I may as well, Nanda, but I am tired admiring this head, and if my visitor has any claim to beauty, I must take care that she does not surpass me. So I will go to my cabinet and change it to number 17, which I think is my best appearance, don't you? Your number 17 is exceedingly beautiful, answered Nanda with another bow. Again the princess yawned. <sighs> then she said, Help me to rise. So the maid assisted her to gain her feet, although Langwider was the stronger of the two. And then the princess slowly walked across the silver floor to her cabinet, leaning heavily at every step upon Nanda's arm. Now I must explain to you that the princess Langwider had thirty heads, as many as there are days in the month, but of course she could only wear one of them at a time, because she had but one neck. These heads were kept in what she called her cabinet, which was a beautiful dressing-room that lay just between Langwider's sleeping-chamber and the mirrored sitting-room. Each head was in a separate cupboard lined with velvet. The cupboards ran all around the sides of the dressing-room and had elaborately carved doors with gold numbers on the outside and jeweled framed mirrors on the inside of them. When the princess got out of her crystal bed in the morning, she went to her cabinet, opened one of the velvet-lined cupboards, and took the head it contained from its golden shelf. Then, by the aid of the mirror inside the open door, she put on the head as neat and straight as could be, and afterward called her maids to robe her for the day. She always wore a simple white costume that suited all the heads, for being able to change her face whenever she liked, the princess had no interest in wearing a variety of gowns, as have other ladies who are compelled to wear the same face constantly. Of course, the thirty heads were in great variety, no two formed alike, but all being of exceeding loveliness. There were heads with golden hair, brown hair, rich auburn hair, and black hair, but none with gray hair. The heads had eyes of blue, of gray, of hazel, of brown and of black, but there were no red eyes among them, and all were bright and handsome. 
The noses were Grecian, Roman, Retrousse, and Oriental, representing all types of beauty, and the mouths were of assorted sizes and shapes, displaying pearly teeth when the head smiled. As for dimples, they appeared in cheeks and chins, wherever they might be most charming, and one or two heads had freckles upon the faces to contrast the better with the brilliancy of their complexions. One key unlocked all the velvet cupboards containing these treasures, a curious key carved from a single blood-red ruby, and this was fastened to a strong but slender chain which the princess wore around her left wrist. When Nanda had supported Langwider to a position in front of cupboard number 17, the princess unlocked the door with her ruby key, and after handing head number 9, which she had been wearing, to the maid, she took number 17 from its shelf and fitted it to her neck. It had black hair and dark eyes and a lovely pearl-and-white complexion, and when Langwider wore it she knew she was remarkably beautiful in appearance. There was only one trouble with number 17, the temper that went with it, and which was hidden somewhere under the glossy black hair, was fiery, harsh, and haughty in the extreme, and it often led the princess to do unpleasant things which she regretted when she came to wear her other heads. But she did not remember this today, and went to meet her guests in the drawing-room with a feeling of certainty that she would surprise them with her beauty. However, she was greatly disappointed to find that her visitors were merely a small girl in a gingham dress, a copper man that would only go when wound up, and a yellow hen that was sitting contentedly in Langwider's best work-basket, where there was a china egg used for darning stockings. It may surprise you to learn that the princess ever does such a common thing as darn stockings, but if you will stop to think, you will realize that a princess is sure to wear holes in her stockings the same as other people, only it isn't considered quite polite to mention the matter. Oh, said Langwider, slightly lifting the nose of number 17. I thought someone of importance had called. Then you were right, declared Dorothy. I'm a good deal of portance myself, and when Bellina lays an egg she has the proudest cackle you ever heard. As for Tick-Tock, he's the— Stop! Stop! commanded the princess, with an angry flash of her splendid eyes. How dare you annoy me with your senseless chatter! Why, you horrid thing! said Dorothy, who was not accustomed to being treated so rudely. The princess looked at her more closely. Tell me, she resumed, are you of royal blood? Better than that, ma'am, said Dorothy. I came from Kansas. Huh! cried the princess scornfully. You are a foolish child, and I cannot allow you to annoy me. Run away, you little goose, and bother someone else. Dorothy was so indignant that for a moment she could find no words to reply. But she rose from her chair and was about to leave the room when the princess, who had been scanning the girl's face, stopped her by saying more gently, Come nearer to me. Dorothy obeyed without a thought of fear, and stood before the princess while Langwider examined her face with careful attention. "'You are rather attractive,' said the lady presently. "'Not at all beautiful, you understand, but you have a certain style of prettiness that is different from that of any of my thirty heads. So I believe I'll take your head and give you number twenty-six for it.' "'Well, I believe you won't,' exclaimed Dorothy. It will do you no good to refuse, continued the princess, for I need your head for my collection, and in the land of Ev my will is law. 
I never have cared much for number 26, and you will find that it is very little worn. Besides, it will do you just as well as the one you're wearing, for all practical purposes. I don't know anything about your number 26, and I don't want to, said Dorothy firmly. I'm not used to taking cast-off things, so I'll just keep my own head. You refuse? cried the princess with a frown. Of course I do, was the reply. Then, said Langwider, I shall lock you up in a tower until you decide to obey me. Nanda, turning to her maid, call my army. Nanda rang a silver bell, and at once a big fat colonel in a bright red uniform entered the room, followed by ten lean soldiers, who all looked sad and discouraged, and saluted the princess in a very melancholy fashion. "'Carry that girl to the North Tower and lock her up!' cried the princess, pointing to Dorothy. "'To hear is to obey!' answered the big red colonel, and caught the child by her arm. But at that moment Tick-Tock raised his dinner-pail and pounded it so forcibly against the colonel's head that the big officer sat down upon the floor with a sudden bump, looking both dazed and very much astonished. "'Help!' he shouted, and the ten lean soldiers sprang to assist their leader. There was great excitement for the next few moments, and Tick-Tock had knocked down seven of the army, who were sprawling in every direction upon the carpet, when suddenly the machine paused with the dinner-pail raised for another blow, and remained perfectly motionless. "'My action has run down,' he called to Dorothy. "'Wind me up quick.' She tried to obey, but the big colonel had by this time managed to get upon his feet again, so he grabbed fast hold of the girl, and she was helpless to escape. "'This is too bad,' said the machine. "'I ought to have run six hours longer, at least.' but I suppose my long walk and my fight with the wheelers may be run down faster than usual. Well, it can't be helped, said Dorothy with a sigh. Will you exchange heads with me? demanded the princess. No, indeed, cried Dorothy. Then lock her up, said Langwider to her soldiers, and they led Dorothy to a high tower at the north of the palace and locked her securely within. The soldiers afterward tried to lift Tick-Tock, but they found the machine so solid and heavy that they could not stir it, so they left him standing in the center of the drawing-room. "'People will think I have a new statue,' said Langwider. "'So it won't matter in the least, and Nanda can keep him well polished.' "'What shall we do with the hen?' asked the colonel, who had just discovered Bellina in the work-basket. "'Put her in the chicken-house,' answered the princess. Some day I'll have her fried for breakfast. She looks rather tough, your highness, said Nanda doubtfully. That is a base slander, cried Bellina, struggling frantically in the colonel's arms. But the breed of chickens I come from is said to be poison all princesses. Then, remarked Langwider, I will not fry the hen, but keep her to lay eggs, and if she doesn't do her duty, I'll have her drowned in the horse trough. End chapter 6 Wow, a lot of drowning of animals uh, going on tonight's show. Threatening. Uh, <laughs> Ev is not a nicest, the nicest kingdom? Not really. No. Yeah. Well, a TikTok man. Oh wow, he that was that was bad. That was that was cool. Yeah. So you know, uh, he's just like you know, hey, 
You, you don't have feet to kick. You don't have hands to punch and claw. That's right. You just scream a lot. Like a lot and of people true. right now. There's some wisdom coming out. And, you know, and, you know, I wish I could tell kids that are bullies. You know, I mean, kids that are being bullied. You, you don't know. I mean, people, if they, they just scream and talk about fighting a lot, they may not know how to throw a punch. Happened to me in high school. Bunch of girls attacked me. None of them knew how to throw a punch. Well, there you they go. They hit me. Two hits. Them hitting me. Them hitting the floor. All right. Well, uh, okay, Tuffy. Um, well, we we only have seven minutes left, and we have a 14-minute chapter of Chapter 7. So shall we find out if Belina sinks or swims? Could we save it for next week and just talk it out? Uh, yeah, if you want minutes? to. If you want to, you sure. I mean, sure. it yeah. seems to not be willing and not really. We shouldn't go over, right? Uh, it, that's entirely up to you. Uh, I'm I'm willing to do it because we were doing two chapters a night, but we can we can extend it. Yeah. Well, it's yeah. Up we'll to, save um, it. Uh, we'll save it. So save it. Why not? Say yeah. goodbye. Save it for Relaxedly. a rainy day. So. But yeah, that is, um, yeah, he was saying some interesting stuff, you know. People, uh, some people, they, they, uh, they're a lot of talk. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So, uh, well, I, uh, I just want to say, oh yeah, tomorrow is a very special night on, uh, it came from Cleveland. Uh, yeah. we, we are celebrating the birthdays of three of the biggest names in um, horror films. Vincent Price, Christopher Lee, and Peter Cushing. Um, wow. Very exciting. We all have a lot to talk about. Uh, there was no Twilight Zone episode, so we're going to be doing a, a One Step Beyond episode, mm -hmm. which featured a very young Christopher Lee, one of his earliest uh, appearances. And possibly his first American television appearance. So yeah, um, we're excited about that. And uh, Miles has some interesting stories for everybody about Peter Cushing and Christopher Lee um, and their activities in World War II, their heroism, and oh, their their contributions. Cool. And Michelle has some great movies featuring all three of those gentlemen, uh, including at least one that has John Carradine in it as well. And I'm going to be talking about Vincent Price uh, on old time radio, and um, nice. And uh, we'll have some archival uh, uh, interview uh, stuff from all three of those gentlemen as well. Uh, cool. It's going to be very exciting, uh, action packed yeah. show. And um, yeah, and we're all excited about it. This is the one. The, I mean, we we've I say that about every show. Oh, the Kolchak one, we're so excited. You know, oh, the Eddie Albert one, we're so excited. <laughs> um, but this one, this one's huge. This one's going to be uh, bursting at the seams. But I yeah, lastly, I'll I'll start running our uh the uh Eric Seti. But yeah, um <laughs> I, I was uh, very very happy to find some audio that isn't available anywhere and present it to everybody and I thought it fit right in and it was a lot of fun and mm -hmm. um yeah we yeah. got it in the can cool. yeah it'll be it'll be great to I mean this is this is our third time for go to bed correct yeah number three and number three we have to 
but um, it came from Cleveland. Has been hot lately. Really great. Yeah, so, we're really uh, fun to listen to. I think episode nine is tomorrow. Oh, excellent, excellent. Yeah. Happened so quick. The kids growing up. Yeah. Growing yeah. like a growing like a, a bean pole. Growing like <laughs> a growing like a weed. Speaking of weeds. Growing like a weed. Speaking of which, it's almost nine o'clock and it's time to feed cats. Oh yeah, I'm already getting it back here. So you're getting the you're getting the stink eye, aren't you? Uh huh. Yeah, you are. Yup. <laughs> but uh, thank you very much for uh, listening to the Oz stories with me and uh, playing those. Thanks for getting all that vinyl. I mean, I think you were inspired and excited to do it and put the vinyl on recording. And I, I think we should the cardboard. <laughs> maybe yeah, the cardboard records. Put those on. Um, in internet archives so we have them forever and then sell them for a non-profit yeah you know yeah we'll get good uh, scans of them and everything it'll be fun yeah cute pictures cute pictures i don't know i i kind of like that um that uh pre-atomic era cuteness yeah yeah all right time for go to bed Time for go to bed. Got anything else, Suze? No, that's that's it. Good night. Get two minutes. Two minutes so we can listen to the music or just wind down. Go make myself a spot of chamomile tea. How about you? You got any last remarks? No, I'm done. Good night, everybody. Okay, good night.